Welcome to the Writing Block Podcast, where we talk all things writing and indie publishing. Today, Carrie and I are here with author Jason Pomerantz, who just released a new book, Celia at 39. And we're going to talk a little bit about our year in review as writers and readers, and also our New Year's resolutions for 2020. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Hanging in there. Hanging in there. It's been quite a, what a year these three days have been. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> the last day. Yeah. It's wow. been a little nutty. Yeah. Um, so I did not, I was telling you guys before we hit play that I just didn't read as much as I had hoped to or like I have in years past, but I've still got a stack of books here I'm going to mention. Um, how'd you guys do this year? Yeah, I, I didn't do as well as, as I wanted to. Also, um, you know, I always make a big list of books and never quite make it through all of them. But, you know, I, I got through some, I, I, did, I did get to read some good books. Um, so we can talk a little bit about some traditionally published books and then maybe some indie books. And then we could maybe cover if we read any good writing craft books. That sounds good. If anybody knows anything about me, they know that I'm a, a big Ann Tyler freak. And um, she had a book called Clock Dance, which um, I read this past year, which I think came out this past year, actually. I believe it did, yeah. Like any Ann Tyler book, I just loved it. You know, again, it's like she has this like amazing, amazing gift of just writing books about like what seems like an ordinary person or ordinary people, but she somehow elevates them and makes them into something more. Um and I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I I just read her books and just try to figure out what she, how she does it. Because that's kind of like like what I try to do in a way, you know? Um, and anyway, I love the book. Uh, it's not her best book, I don't think. You know, um, I have other Ann Tyler books that are, that are more favorites, but um, it's good. I would recommend it. Nice. I don't know, should I go to um, the indie fiction books that I read this year that I thought was <laughs> the most remarkable was, um, I think, The Seclusion, I have to say. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because you're hosting the podcast. I really thought it was amazing. And not, you know, I mean, it's amazing because of like what's going on in the world right now. And, mm. you know, just how, I don't know how you managed to foresee what was coming, but it seems like you did. <laughs> um, so, and then... Um, Nonfiction, I guess. My favorite nonfiction book, I think, this year was this uh, very long, involved biography of the philanthropist Bunny Mellon, actually, which was okay. really sort of fascinating. Um, just a fascinating book about a very, very rich woman who, um, you know, devoted her life to, to, to like art and landscape, and it's it just really fascinating. It's like nobody really lives the way people like that um, lived, or I mean, it's just like a bygone world, really. Anyway, um, I think those were the top books of, out of like those three categories for me this year. Those are the top books. How about did you read any um, any good like craft books that helped you improve your writing, Jason? You know, I don't. It's funny. I don't read a lot of craft books. What I do is just reread like the books that I like over and over again, which is okay. a sort of weird way, I guess, of trying to perfect craft. But it works for me. Um, I, but you know, if you could recommend one, I would. I, I would like to actually try one, but um, I just don't read a lot of them. Okay. Well, there's two that I read this year that I loved. One was, I think, is really widely recommended in circles now is the Save the Cat, but the novel version. Yeah. 
Love that one. Yes. Yeah. So I, I followed that a lot in writing the sequel that I'm working on, trying to really capture the the beats because in the editing process for the first book, we kind of went back and, and put those in there and I hadn't done a very good job with the first draft of that. And so I'm really trying to yeah. focus on pacing a little more. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I've been really enjoying and I haven't actually finished it, but I'm going to, I'm going to turn that into a positive because the reason I haven't finished it is because I always read just a couple paragraphs and then I get an idea and I start writing. So <laughs> So I'm going to use that as a positive, and that's uh, Wired for Story by Lisa Cron. I love that one, too. Or I think that's how it's pronounced, C-R-O-N. And um, it's really interesting because it's just talking about the brain science that's happening as someone reads a book. Oh, really? And so and so using that as a way to, to hook the reader and kind of what they're expecting with the art of story. And so that's been really interesting. And then... Do you want to jump in, Carrie, with some maybe fiction that you've read this year? And then I have read so much stuff. So I know, <laughs> librarian, you. Yeah. You know, I can't help myself because writing, or well, not writing so much. Writing and reading are both my coping mechanisms. But reading is like my default when I'm stressed or just want to escape. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a television watcher. I don't go to a lot of movies. So and. I can read if my kids are just playing or, you know, hanging out, I can read. So mm-hmm. that's just what I do. So I read 169 books. Wow. Year, <laughs> and I didn't, I like barely even realized that I did it. So I read a lot. And so it was really, really hard to pick my top 10. We did our hashtag libfaves19 on Twitter for all the librarians. And I just, I mean, I could have picked 30, like a top 30. There were so many, so many good ones. Well, let's take away the favorite implication. Just tell us about a couple you really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, A couple I chose Wanderers by Chuck Wendig. Mm -hmm. I love that book, even though it was a monster. It was like 850 pages. I had it on my Kindle, so (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't didn't feel all the pages (laughs) that one and again like the seclusion really prescient about our times and but kind of detailing an apocalypse kind of starting with all of these people who have just started they've gone completely blank and they're just walking they they just start walking and my children are trying to get into my podcasting room. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, kids. You're all good. Well, I did not read 107 or 11 or whatever Carrie had said. I think I maybe yeah. read about 20 books this year. And I think last year I hit 50. And so wow. it was definitely under what I was hoping for. Good read challenges, I think, are nice. But sometimes they also just kind of <laughs> make you just try to power through a book when you'd rather enjoy it yeah i don't think it's the best way to read just to have to like to be powering through the list you know um there were a couple that i really enjoyed um i don't think any of the ones i picked actually came out this year maybe they did um but i did really enjoy the bear town series by frederick bachman oh and you may really enjoy it actually he's got a very nice um voice um and that's about um just a small town yeah. and they're it's just a very deep and moving story is it is it a series or? Is- I mean, it, it's kind of a it's a modern day fiction, but in a very just kind of shut off small town. 
Um, and it's just, you know, about the cast of characters there. And I just found it to be a really moving story about really challenging some of our preconceived mo- notions on family and sacrifice. And I mean, it's sort of actually the way you're describing it. It sounds a little Ann Tylerish to me. <laughs> um, yeah, you might like it. I think, you know, it's, I really enjoy his voice. And then the other one who I, that I really liked was, um, I've really enjoyed everything I've read by Matt Haig. Yeah. I think that's how you say his name. Um, and he wrote a story called How to Stop Time, which I would kind of describe as a historical fiction, but it's kind of written almost like a backwards Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah, the main character ages very slowly. So he lives throughout these centuries, throughout history. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, he just has a very empathetic voice that I really enjoy. He also writes a lot of um, nonfiction about anxiety and depression. And he really brings a lot of that into his fiction. And then I think my favorite indie that I read this year, I read yours last year, (laughs) but this year was uh, J. Daniel Dorn's Devil's Call. Oh, that's an amazing book. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really amazing book. Yeah. Totally worth reading for sure. Yes. If you want to jump in there with your opinions on it too, I'd really highly recommend it. It's very, um, it's like about, it's a mother is telling a story. It's written as a confessional. Um, So a mother is telling a story to her daughter. I mean, just one of the most imaginative books I've read in a long time. And it's just created such a cool world that, you know, you don't see a lot of, you know. Um, So I really like that too. I did too, and it just it fe- it felt to me like a blend of a lot of stories that I like. There was a little bit of fantasy in, in there, but not too much. And there was kind of a quest story going on, and it it felt like you were also getting some history. And yeah, yeah it was just a very satisfying book to read. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I did it. Yeah. Then I guess my nonfiction pick is actually by an author that lives near me, who I mm-hmm. met at a literature festival. Her name's Tessa Fontaine, and she wrote a memoir called *The Electric Woman*, and it's about her time. Her mother was had had a series of strokes in in a row, and it looked like, yeah. you know, there wasn't going to be a ton of time left, and and she was kind of approaching, you know, what she thought was the end, where she'd think that her her mother was going to pass away soon, but then she'd kind of recover, and then she'd backslide, and it just happened over and over again. Yeah. Her mother's partner then decided to take her mom on this big trip, um, you know, just in case she didn't make it too much longer. And so it's kind of about her and she's in her 30s when this is going on with her mom. And she, you know, decided to do something new to kind of like keep herself busy during that time. And she joined the last traveling sideshow. Yeah. It was a really, really fascinating story. And then I've met this woman who is very grounded and down to earth. And, and then hearing, you know, reading these stories about, you know, wrangling snakes and learning to swallow swords. And yeah, I was going to say it's like a circus, right? I mean, it's <laughs> I guess it was they prided themselves on not being exactly like a circus and that they were still performing. They, they were still holding on to the old art of like sideshow, right? you know, in-person sideshows. And, and so yeah. it was really fascinating. And then talking about the culture of, of being you know, put into that as someone who didn't come from that world yeah. uh, was really neat. That sounds like a good book. Highly recommend that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking about Wanderers. So that Chuck Wendig is just amazing. And mm-hmm. the book is just an epic. It's very reminiscent of The Stand by Stephen King, the master. So if you want a good post-apocalyptic or even it's actually details the apocalypse as it happens so i can't say it's like so the next the indie definitely has to be jason's 
So we'll talk about that in a little bit. And I'm I'm biased because I've read it about 600 times by now. You've read it 600. I've probably read it like 1,800 I'm sure. times. I'm sure. <laughs> For everyone listening who doesn't know, Jason Pomerantz's book, Celia at 39, is the first novel published under writing block. Check it out. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the best indie book that I've read this year. Thank you. The nonfiction, excuse me, would it has to be Chanel Miller, Know My Name. Mm-hmm. That book was just absolutely devastating. She is the person who was assaulted by Brock Turner. But that book, I mean, she is such a survivor. And it. I, I feel bad even saying that because that shouldn't be her identity. Like, she is a writer just in and of herself. And I know she will be, she will go on to do great things, whatever it is that she chooses to do, but she chose to tell her story in that work and it is absolutely worth reading. So I'm going to mute myself again because I'm being covered with children at the moment. So why don't you guys start talking a little bit about Celia? Oh, you know, this is that thing that I think somebody tweeted about it or something where somebody asked you like what the elevator pitch of your book is and your mind goes completely bang. Celia 39, it's a, you know, it's basically like a romantic comedy. It's kind of um, someone who read it described it as a little bit of Sweet Home Alabama meets Moonstruck. So if you like those two movies, um, you'll probably like this book, I would think. Um, and I don't know. What can I say? Um, the, the story got inspired by um, finding at a library's used book sale um, a copy of the Gourmet Cookbook. And it was like, you know, this old cookbook, it was like 20 years old and it had, not only did it have like notations um, about the recipes in the book, but um, it also, there was like, I was leafing through it and there was a note inside an envelope and the note was from like a daughter to her mother. And I just thought like, that's really interesting. Who are these people? Um, And then I I don't know, it was around the same time I read about um, a package that had been mailed and um, delivered to the right address, but it was 40 years late. (laughs) so it had floated around in the world for like 40 years and then you know the post office decided to deliver it and so somehow those two elements got put together and uh became the book in a way i love that yeah um you know and i'm not yeah so i just started um you know that was the inspiration and then there was this character who um i had been thinking about and yeah then i just sat down and started writing it um, and it was a long process. I mean, it had, you know, people are like, oh, you know, how long did it take you to write this book? And it's like, you know, on and off, it's like a number of years. Yeah. <laughs> so as you know, it's like these things, I think some people think like they just, you just pop out with this stuff and it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like lots of years of, um, blood, sweat and tears. So what did that look like, um, in relation to your first book, Jason, because those two came out pretty close together you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, well, there's three, like women like us was like three years ago. It's 2016. So it's, mm-hmm. it's somewhat close, but like, um, and also that's another book that's like, I, it, you know, it was like years and years of work. Again, it, it's like, I don't know how many years it was and how many drafts of that book that I did. And like, it had its own like long sort of torturous process to getting out in the world. But I didn't really start on Celia until after, I guess, Women Like Us was done, I think. I think. Okay. So, yeah. Should we talk a little bit about um, writing and maybe yeah. how we feel our year went and what we'd like to do differently going forward? Um, yeah. I feel like my year has been a bit of a mess. And I'm curious to hear yeah. about you guys as well. 
my year, I mean, obviously, I mean, actually, I had a pretty good year because um, there are two short stories in the two different anthologies and a book, a novel. So, yeah. Like, well, I think I can take like a little bit of a rest. I mean, I'd like, you know, I mean, for me right now, it's like, well, first of all, I'm actually, Carrie knows some of this. Um, tr- I'm in the process of getting an audible version of Celia Dunn. And there's an actress who we I made a deal with, and then um, we have to we had to undo it because she's a member of SAG, and there's a whole you know process mm. that you have to go through with, with SAG and Audible and paying into the um, health and welfare fund. So we're redo we're in the process of redoing the deal, but it's ASICS, which is the you know ACX, um, mm-hmm. has not put up on their site. They have a new deal with SAG that's a you know you do a royalty split, but it's not in place on their site yet. So we can't, we're not moving forward until that gets done on the audible version. Okay. But it will get done hopefully in the next, they're saying that this, that they'll be ready like within the next month on this, um, on their end. And that's what we're waiting for. Um, That's really exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. And it gives you some, another little marketing push maybe when you need it. Yeah. Um, So we'll see what happens. That's that's my exactly what I'm working on. You know, just getting this done. Um, you know, there's something else. I mean, I you know, like I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm always like sort of thinking about like, well, what's the next thing going to be? Um, mm-hmm. I haven't devoted a lot of time to it yet, mostly because like the last year has been about like just getting Celia like into shape um, and getting it out there. Um, so, you know, I haven't really turned my attention completely to whatever the next thing's going to be. Right. Well, I bet it will be great, whatever Thank it is. You. <laughs> You're busy working on your uh, on the sequel, right? Um, <laughs> I am. It's coming together pretty well. Um, this last year was just like kind of a lot of juggling and not feeling like I was really like, I, and I know looking back that I, I, I did accomplish a decent amount, but at the time it didn't really feel like it. Yeah. Um, but the sequel, I think, is going to be turned in within about a month, the first draft. That's good. How um, do you feel about it? I feel really good. I feel good about the plot. The plot feels uh, cohesive. I'd like to do a little more running through for character development and setting, yeah. um, you know, which is kind of mm-hmm. how I write. I tend to underwrite and make sure the plot's pr- plot is good and then go back and add my world building right. and add uh, my right. details and, and flesh out the dialogue a little bit. And that's just kind of how I do it. Um, but I'm very excited about it. And, you know, well, that'll be kind of on the timeline of the publisher just to see what's in the pipeline yeah. and, and what yeah, that yeah. looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love an, to do the audiobook deal. That's kind of been in limbo since the first book came out. And so, you know, it's been a conversation every time I talk with them, but we don't quite have a clear picture right. of that yet. Um, and then I have a, another totally different draft that I'm very excited about that's not related oh, really? to the first series at all. And so, yeah, I'm very, very excited about and that's. Is it the same genre or is it something different or – you know, I, there will still be kind of a political thread yeah. <laughs> because that seems to be my catharsis and what drives me to write. Um, but it will be a little more like thrillery and maybe a little more satirical because oh, okay. cool. if you, you know, I, I tend to be a little snarky. So I'm put a little bit more of that in there. <laughs> and um, but it, it will be a lot of fun. It's going to be I don't want to tell too much, um, yeah. but I've written about yeah. I wrote it. I wrote the first first little bit last national novel writing month and so it's got a good chunk done um and that will kind of be about some really basically pissed off nasa scientists because all their funding is getting cut and and they're gonna have a little revenge it's gonna be a lot of fun oh that sounds interesting 
That sounds good. If you need me to read anything, let me know. <laughs> I appreciate that. I may. I, I'm just staring at it, and it's it's all it all feels like a mess at the moment. But um, you know, yeah. one of my resolutions this year is I I work as a freelance writer also. Um, and I'm very fortunate to be able to do that because, you know, some weeks my workload's a little lighter and then I have more time to work on books. But this year I'd really like to just be better about setting, you know, being a little more mindful about what I'm setting my time aside to do and then sticking to it. <laughs> so that's one of my New Year's resolutions for writing. That, I mean, I think that as a full-time person with a full-time job, it does help me structure what I'm doing a little bit more. Yeah. Like I work late on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So I kind of set aside those mornings to work on my freelancing stuff when my, before my son wakes mm -hmm. up and after the other son is on the bus and then the weekends are for drafting. And then usually Mondays and Tuesdays I work nine to five and I'm so dead by the time I get home, all I want to do is read. So that's when all the reading happens. But as for writing and drafting, I did complete National Novel Writing Month, but unfortunately, it was only half of a 100,000 word book, as I realized as I was writing it. That's a long book. It, it is like a big book with a lot of points of view, and it's third person, which I never do. And there are a lot of characters that are not like me. Mm -hmm. So I, I will need some kind of sensitivity reader or someone to help me to make sure that I'm not offending anybody out of not knowing. Right. But I feel like it is, that is kind of a cool challenge, like, because I want to make sure that people of color and LGBTQ people are represented in my work. So that, that's kind of a big task and so I'm just kind of letting it cool its heels for a little while mm -hmm. I did complete completed two drafts in 2019 one was the rewrite of the Inkshares book which is still with the editor and then another manuscript is being queried right now and there are a few agents that have full oh that's so that's congratulations good. that's very exciting I know I'm I don't want to jinx it. No. I've had a couple of agents reject the full. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, but the, it's good. I've gotten a lot of full requests. So that's, th that's a good sign. If I don't find an agent, I'll need to prepare it. I need to get a cover. I need to get beta readers, all that good stuff. So, so we'll see what happens with that. So, so far 2020 is just a lot of waiting around, but I'm still drafting. I started a new mystery and it was funny. So I have it all plotted out. I used the Save the Cat storybook um, with all the beats. Nice. And I was all excited. I'm like, all right. I'm like, write the first four chapters. Awesome. And then the murder happens. <laughs> and I was like, then I'm like, yeah, I, I got the murder. I did it. Because I've never murdered a person in a book before. And all my, because I'm part of Sisters in Crime, all of my mystery writing friends, they're all like, you've never murdered a person before? And I was like, no. Very they're satisfying. Like, How can you write mysteries if you don't have a murder? And I'm well, like... Well, I've killed all characters. I haven't murdered anybody. <laughs> mm. <Well>, that counts. <laughs> that does count, I guess. But, yeah, you're yeah. playing, you know, you're a higher power. You're a yeah. puppet master. It's crazy. So I did it. And then I go, now what happens? Like, do the detectives come? Yeah. I'm like, I haven't watched enough crime shows. <laughs> research this that's funny so that's what i'm working on right now i and then i also have a draft that's kind of sitting there cooling its heels too about a 
a woman who invents time travel. And that is so confusing because of all of the science and the like logic involved mm-hmm. that I'm just going to come back to that. Sit and rest for a while. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a couple things kind of in the hopper and then eh, I've got a lot of things in the hopper. A lot of burners and pans and yeah this is the life we've chosen for some masochistic reason yeah exactly well, i like drafting i like it's cathartic for me even if i don't know what i'm doing even if it's you know 10 pages of interior monologue i don't think you know like i i sometimes feel like i have no idea what i'm doing either but then i look and i like oh there's two of my books <laughs> it's like I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I seriously sometimes look at like the finished book and I like, I don't remember even writing this. <laughs> Where did this come from? Oh, yeah. It's like, I kind of, you know, I mean, you kind of remember, but it's like, it just popped out, you know, like subconsciously or something. Um, and then I go back, you know, and you look at it and you're like, oh, that's good. But I don't remember actually writing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. And I feel like I, I, I have a hard time like seeing the final product in my head always feels like so jarbled and confused. And I'm like, Oh, there's no direction to this. And then I'll look at it. And then, you know, there's a few scenes in there that are really great. Mm -hmm. And I just have a very hard time, you know, separating it out into what I actually can do as an action step (laughs) next. And so I'm going to work on that a little bit too. Uh, As Carrie knows, and we've talked about plotting is not my strong suit. So plotting is hard. I'm not very good with plotting either. I have a really hard time with it. Yeah. But but I tend to write myself into so many corners by not being a plotter and that I'll just get an idea yeah. for a scene that really just doesn't fit with the scenes I've already written or the scenes I'm going to write. And then, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I'd like to, to land somewhere in the middle. So maybe not um, carve the path completely, but still have an idea of how I'm going to get there. For me, because I, I don't do a lot of plotting either. I'm like, seat, you know, it's that seat of the pants thing where it's like, you just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, um, but I, I need to know like what the ending is before I can really, yeah. you know, I, I just can't do it unless I know what, how it's going to come out. So I can yeah. get there from the, from the beginning if I know what the ending is, but if I don't know what that ending is, then I'm just like flailing around. <laughs> I was going to say, I wondered if you, Jason, use the save the cat method because I could sense the story beats very well. I actually, you know what, but I think that comes from because um, I spent a lot of years um, writing scripts um, okay. that never, you know, that would, would get stuck in development and not get made. But mm-hmm. I mean, when you, when you know, writing screenplays is so much about like hitting those beats. It's yeah. like first act, second act, you know, middle, midpoint, end of the second act. So you kind of get that ingrained in your head, like that three act structure. And it works for books too. I mean, it really, you know, I mean, it, it's really the same, you know, kind of idea. Like when you're writing a book, it's like, the, the rules aren't, uh, you don't have to have like your, you know, midpoint on page 50 of a book, obviously. Right. Or, but but the whole, that structure like sticks in your head, mm-hmm. I think. I think that was sort of a good sort of, you know, way of, of writing a, of, or, or learning or practicing for writing a novel was like to write screenplays. <laughs> I think so too. Because that's what Save the Cat was originally developed for. Is that, oh, I didn't even know that. Um, but anyway... For me, what's so attractive about like book writing is that, you know, you don't, I mean, you need the structure, but you, you are so much freer within the structure. So you can explore so much more about like a character and like a setting and, um, and relationships, as long as, you know, you have that three act structure, but you just, you can do so much more within it, I think. Right. That makes sense. That's true. 
yeah, films you have to be if they get too bloated. I think of like my son's really into Transformers right now, so the Michael Bay movie was on, and I was like, oh my, I'm like, it's so, it does not hit the beats. Like it's just so drawn out, and yeah. I was just like, I can't focus on this. I can't. You know, I thought maybe since it's been some years, I might get, be able to give it a try because he loves it so much. But I'm just like, no, I right. just got a book out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do either of you have any um, writing resolutions or things you'd like to do differently this year than you've done in the past? You know, I want to finish getting this audible thing done for Celia. And if, I, I feel like I need to do that before I move on to like to the next writing i you know i just want to get it completely launched so you're i and that's not going to take you know i mean hopefully that's not going to take you and actually that's my job is done i mean it's the narrator who's going to have to do all the work on the audible version so i just have to listen to it um (laughs) whether you know it's like and it's funny because she did or you know before we realized we had to unwind our deal and then redo it um she had started to record like the first chapter and it was like it was going great it's funny because you get like a little bit of an idea of like what directing is like, because she was like, well, am I pronouncing like, you know, this name right or this name right? And I'm like, no, it's like this. Um, so, you know, you are doing like a little bit of directing. Um, I mean, my goal would be, uh, if I had to say for the next year, would be to like, just get into whatever the next thing is going to be enough mm-hmm. that I can actually write it. <laughs> um, right. So that for me, that's my goal. That's a good goal. I think it's good to keep goals achievable. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I get into trouble. If I write a chapter this year, I'll be good. No, I, I, I hopefully we'll do more than that. No, that's good. Audiobook and start to a new project. That's a that's a worthy goal. Those are yeah, those sound achievable to me. What about you guys, Jackie? Do you want to go? Yeah, well, it's funny because last year, you know, I had other goals, personal and professional, outside of uh, you know, being an author, but I had written down a couple things and I'd achieved all of them except the audiobook last year. Oh, so this wow. year, that was the first thing I wrote on the list again. So I really would like to get that done. But other other New Year's resolutions, um, I'd like to try to get to a place where most of the freelance work that I'm doing is also furthering my career as an author. That's so that's one of my big goals for this year is to transition a little bit. So I'm doing maybe more copy editing in the fiction world versus I do a lot of um, small business content writing is kind of my main mm-hmm. my main job. So I'd like to, you know, by the end of the year, maybe transitions and I'm writing for more literary publications or, or something that just kind of is, is uh, working together. And then I'd like to, you know, have the seclusion maybe beyond a copy edit by the end of the year it's yeah. a pretty loose goal but i know as carrie just said we i've not no, don't have much control over that yeah. Yeah. Um, and then i'd like to have the first draft of of my new book done yeah that's those are good goals yeah and maybe a, a handful more than i did last year of like in-person writing events because i always really enjoy those when i take the time to schedule them i will say that you know if this audible deal gets done and I was thinking of doing, you know, because um, this the person who's going to do the audiobook if it works out is will is a fairly big draw, and and I would do like I would try to set up like some sort of a bookstore event where we would both go up and do something like that. But that's down. We have to get this through this you know period first, and get the audible done, and then we could do that. Yeah, and that's I mean I think that's still a big step. You know, if you end the year having done those things, you'll be. You know, you'll yeah. have made great progress from where you are right now. And that's that's the way to do it. Yeah. 
How about like writing habits? Do you guys, is there anything you want to do as far as changing writing habits or anything? <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I'm in a good routine. That's good. I, you know, my writing habits are good when I'm, right now I'm not, you know, like I've, I have something that's sort of floating around, but I'm not, I haven't really sat down to, to really work on it because there's, you know, this other stuff been going on. Um, but my, you know, once I, if I would really like decide to focus on it, then I'm pretty good about like getting the work done. So it's just a matter of get, you know, like I haven't, I don't feel like I'm at that spot that I'm ready to dive in a hundred percent yet. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and Patchett always says she has to walk around for a year with the story in her head, like kind of chewing on it. I'm totally, I'm for that. But I think it's been like more than a year that I've had this like th- this one in my head. So it's been bouncing around there and it's just, I'm not, just not, I guess I'm just not ready to dive in yet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. I've got a short story idea that I've been chewing on for a while. And maybe if there's something that's a shorter form, that might be fun to just like dash it off. And yeah, maybe writing block will do another anthology or something. If it happens again, I, and it, the theme fits what I'm thinking about. I might submit something. I still like to submit something. Every time I start writing a short story, I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be a novel. Because I just, I don't think that's my skill set. I don't think writing like short, concise things is, is my, is where I, <laughs> I just can't do it. I don't know. I keep trying, but. I like to write short stories, but I do, I recognize that it's a hard thing to do and they don't always succeed. Like my book of short stories it's so funny. I was just on a webinar for Library Journal and Biblioboard, and we should definitely make the note that Jackie's book won the North Carolina Indie Author Project yes. Award. So we definitely, we need to submit Celia for California when it comes up for 2020. But so I was on the Indie Author Project webinar talking about my book of short stories, which is so crazy because Biblioboard is an independent publish um, platform for public libraries. And I published my short story book. They were all my rejected short stories. And I thought, you know, I'm just publishing it as an experiment. And then it ends up getting downloaded 5,200 times. And I'm like, now everyone's reading all my rejected short stories. And, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't have great reviews, but it has a lot of reviews. <laughs> so I guess that's a good thing. By the way, um, if anybody's listening and has read Celia 39, please post a review. <laughs> we need reviews. Oh, same thing with the seclusion. Yay. <laughs> reviews are like gold to indie authors. I'm shocked because I'm I'm doing this. You know, they, there's a giveaway on Goodreads for Celia. There's like you know, fourteen hundred, thirteen hundred people I think have entered. So I'm like, really? When I told my my crew at work about it, they all like immediately entered. Oh, cool! There's all these people, but then I'm like, oh, people just like free stuff. <laughs> that is, I don't know if you've listened to our marketing episode, Jason, but that was a big part of it was figuring out like which things are worth it and which things are just numbers on your new mailing list for people that sign up for everything that's free ever. Well, I mean, I think that was part of the appeal of my short storybook was that it was free to public libraries to publish it on their platform. So, yeah, but you know, I mean, I'm of the mind that you know what I, 
the, it's eyeballs or eyeballs, whether they paid for it or they're free. You know, it's like I, I just the whole idea is to get people to read what you wrote. Um, that's the reason that we do it. I'd rather people pay for it. When Women Like Us came out, I guess Goodreads giveaways used to be free. I wish they still were because I did like 20 of them. <laughs> you know, I just enjoyed doing it. So I wanted to do do one. And it's interesting to see. I mean, it's a lot of eyeballs on the, um, on the book. <laughs> Maybe some people will buy it if they didn't win. You never know. Do another marketing episode. I think there's probably never enough for an indie writer podcast. Writing a book is almost easy compared to like marketing a book. It's like, you know, marketing is the total hardest part of like the whole process. I think. It is. That's another one of my New Year's resolutions is to just like on Mondays, just set the set the, the time aside sometime in the week to actually focus on marketing. Because what I tend to do is I try to like fit it in the cracks and then I don't really yeah. do any like any kind of concerted effort where if I was like, here's my hour, I'm going to think of something to promote myself. And and I think I that would be more useful. Yeah. Yeah. The marketing part is really, really hard. <laughs> So any personal resolutions you'd like to share? We're finally getting some repeat listeners, so they may be excited to hear us talk. Yeah, well, we'll definitely do more podcasts. This is one of my favorite things that we do as a writing group, and so I'd love to get it to the point where we're consistently doing it every two weeks. Any other wishes or advice for the new year to our listeners, anyone? We got Celia out, we got Deception out, and we have another book coming out this spring. Yeah, just take it easy, take it one day at a time. Yeah, that's good advice. It's going to be a long year, so buckle yeah. up and, exactly. and do something nice for yourself. 